If you're a regular listener, then you'll have heard me ask lots of guests how they win new business. For most of them, the answer is referrals, and referrals dominate. And while referrals are great, they don't scale controllably or predictably. This week, my guest is Faye Morgan. Faye's business is all about helping business owners break out from the limitations of referrals and build funnels on Facebook and Instagram, which reliably and predictably drive new business. This episode was a treat for me, and I hope you like it too. Hi there, and welcome back to Amplify, the digital marketing entrepreneur's podcast. I'm Bob Gentle, and every Monday I'm joined by amazing people who share what makes their business work. If you're new to the show, then take a second right now to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes, and you can grab some older ones when you're done with this one. Don't forget to join our Facebook community. Just visit the shortcut URL amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders, and you'll be taken right there. So, welcome along, and let's meet Faye. So this week, I'm joined by Faye Morgan from 365 Day Social. Faye, do you want to start by maybe just introducing who you are, where you are, and the kind of work you do? Sure. Hi, Bob. Thanks for having me here. Um, yes, my name's Faye. I set up 365 Day Social just over two years ago now, and predominantly it was to help businesses with running their own social media whether that's on twitter facebook instagram linkedin since then it's definitely evolved into running facebook and instagram ads for those businesses via really i ended up creating more content for businesses and i was creating content for businesses that were running their own facebook and instagram ads and i wasn't really knowing exactly how the content was working whether it was being successful or not I wasn't getting that feedback and that's why I decided to upskill into running Facebook and Instagram ads and haven't really looked back since. I think anybody who knows me will probably know that having you on the show today is a bit of a self-indulgence because and to be fair it's my podcast I can do that. One of the things I often ask every guest is what is it that generates your work? Is it referral based? Is it through outbound sales activity? Is it inbound through your own content marketing? And there's a little special slice off to the side that we very rarely talk about, which is ad generated new business. And the truth is very few people in digital marketing really generate that much business that way. If you were spending a lot of time on Facebook, you might think most of us generated our work that way. But as we move out of our local audience, it becomes very, very important to understand this. So I was really excited to get a chance to speak to you. Maybe tell me a little bit, what does your average customer look like? Average customer, it's, there's there's two different separate sections. I've got customers, clients that are more e-com based, um, particularly in the subscription box market. I've got a couple of clients that have subscription boxes. And then I've also got the other side where it is more coaches, people that have memberships, people that have online programs or courses that they want to fill as well. So they're looking really for more uh, sales of their courses, first and foremost, but also then creating um, or bringing in new people, new a, a cold audience into their world that may you can then warm up through whatever means that you want to do so. If you've got a lead magnet, for example, and then um, be able to sell them your your product or service onwards from there from thereafter. So, I've played with Facebook ads, and 
it's quite easy to set up a basic ad, but they're so hit or miss when you're just dabbling. What are the most common mistakes you see people making when they're just taking these first steps into trying to do it themselves? Well, we've all been there, been sucked into Facebook saying, do you want to boost this post? And there is definitely a whole big world beyond the boost. A boost does have its place, but there's so much more that you can do within Ads Manager itself because you have different audiences that you can set up. For example, there are three main types of audience. You've got a saved audience, so that can be your interest based audience as it were you might target people based on for example if it's gardening well for, for, for even deeper example my plant subscription box uh, this particular lady her target audience might be more of a wellness audience it might be that it's a gardening audience or it might be something completely different you might want to go really quite broad and it might be more based on whether it's male or female or of a certain age then you have your custom based audience and that is quite exciting because for this you can set up an audience based on people that have visited specific pages on your website and if it's a product it might be people that have added to cart but not actually bought so you can retarget those people with a specific ad and bring them back to your website again and also you have lookalike audiences as well so that's the third one and that's a very powerful audience because you can create lots of different lookalike audiences for example people that have purchased facebook will go out and find people very similar to those that have already purchased from you so all those audiences can work really well in bringing in new business new sales and new people to your business that might not otherwise have heard about you you make it sound very simple, but I just know it isn't. If you take uh, the average small business, small consultant, independent sort of creator, something like that, they don't have an awful lot of money to gamble with. They certainly would never be visiting a casino. And a lot of the time, my own experience of Facebook ads is it can feel a little bit like a casino, but that's simply because you don't know the rules of the game. And often when you don't know the rules of the game, you should start with a simple game. So... If you take my average audience member, I guess, um, you can probably extrapolate what that person's situation may be. What would be the, the baby step one? It is, first of all, to get a pixel onto your website because that is enabling Facebook to build up data about the people that are interested in your services. So that's vital. So it's getting the base pixel on there so you're able to start tracking people that are interested. So that's number one. And that isn't that difficult. If people don't know, Facebook pixel is just a series of digits. Uh, I think it's about 13 or 14 different digits. And web developers can add that easily to your web website you can get plugins that can add it to your website if you're using WordPress for example so that's not a complicated process the other thing which I know that you've talked about quite a lot on your podcast is knowing who your audience is it's it's super vital when it comes to ads because you just don't want to be burning through your budget really quickly on the wrong audience so you have to have a really good understanding as to as to who that is where they are what they like who they're following um, who the gurus are in their industry all those things because you are then able to find those different 
audiences within Facebook. So it's having a clear understanding as to who you want to target. Also, and this I see quite often, people do forget what their objective is. So if it's to sell, uh, if it's to sell a product or if it's to sell a coaching program, people sometimes choose the wrong objective within Facebook because you are offered lots of different objectives. For example, do you want to create more engagement for your ad? Do you want to get more traffic over to your website? Or do you want actually want to get conversions? So you really have to think what is the minimal minimal viable option? What's gonna get you there or what you want quickest and test that out first. If that doesn't work, then you can step back a bit and think about testing some of the other things because it might be that you can get the sale straight away. You just don't know until you try and test. However, it's more likely that you're going to need to warm your audience up a little bit more to you and your services. So it might be if you are a coach, for example, that you have a lead magnet that you want to run ads to get people to sign up to your lead magnet. And then you can nurture them with an email sequence or with a messenger bot, for example. And then you can run ads to send people to a webinar or a challenge. And then from then you would then go in for the sale. So there's more of a funnel. So it's it's thinking very clearly about your strategy, thinking clearly about your audience and who you want to target, uh, as well as testing, because we haven't yet spoke about creatives and copy, that can have a massive effect on how successful your ads actually are. I think what you've spoken about there is really helpful. I think the audience at the beginning, it's so easy when you're sitting there with your card, you're ready to pay for an ad, you've decided I'm going to do this now. If you haven't planned out who that audience is, how can you possibly get that targeting right? And Facebook doesn't make that targeting too easy for for, for new people. There's lots of rabbit holes that you can go down and the objectives as well. If you don't understand the objective, properly planned that out in advance it's it's really quite difficult but you're right when it comes to the creative i have seen some very strange things going on with ad creative yes it's Um, amazing how many mistakes even the big brands make with their creatives i've seen some terrible ones and in fact i do keep a massive swipe file of good (laughs) and bad ads (laughs) and i would suggest that everyone does that when you see an ad that you like or either hate or think that could give you some kind of inspiration then definitely screenshot it and and keep it on a google drive because it's invaluable to be able to then go back and and see what you think works or what hasn't worked for example i've i've seen somewhere <laughs> with big brands they they have not uh, clicked the right setting within facebook so images are cropped so you can easily tell that a product's been cropped so you can't actually see the product that they're talking about, if it's a dress, for example, or if it's shoes by a very big, well-known UK brand. Other ones I've seen that um, is, is absolutely terrible because again, a big brand, um, airplane brand that again is used in the UK and they have got copy on there, but it's it's copy that's been a placeholder, but they've actually set it live as an ad. <laughs> oh dear. So yeah, it's quite shocking. Some of them that some of the ones that they are I mean ones that you do see that can work well for example can be the more natural ones so I want people to to understand it you don't have to pay 
mega bucks for a big a graphic designer to design um, an amazing video that can work really well but if people are just starting out some very successful ads happen on Instagram stories where it's a face to camera telling people to swipe up to get onto a webinar and explaining the reasons why they should and the benefits. You've got 15 seconds on Instagram stories and that can work really well and it's just you using your phone, easily telling people to swipe up. So people don't have to spend a lot of money on creatives. I. Honestly, I hadn't thought of that swipe up in an Instagram ad. Obviously, if you have an Instagram account with over 10,000 users, you get the swipe up. Mm -hmm. I hadn't thought of buying it. That's really clever. Yeah, you can definitely buy buy the, the actual significant use of having a swipe up. And yes, if you don't have 10,000 followers, you can do that mm, that's successfully. Really now, one thing I want to ask you about, again, when it comes back to the ad copy, I have two questions, really. Not, not the ad copy, the ad creative. Where do you stand on the philosophy of the purpose of the ad creative is simply to stop the scroll? Because I've seen people putting ad creative that's almost completely unrelated to their product simply because it's designed as an emotional trigger for the target audience. Well, you do need to test and see what works. I will run ads when I first take on a client. I will run ads that will look at benefits, look at the offer, look at the pain points that you're helping with and that will be part of the copy and perhaps I will show that in the creative as well. Now Facebook does say that it limits you to only 20% text in a creative. Sometimes they do get through which is fantastic if you've got a lot more to say on your creative but they are clamping down on it a bit more now that I've, that I've seen. But you do want to stop the scroll it could be that something that is bright does enough to stop the scroll, something that disrupts um, what you're seeing through the scroll. You do actually want people to stop the scroll, but you do want it to have relevance to what it is that you're offering because also Facebook scrapes your landing page as well. So if it's it doesn't have any relevance to what it is on your landing page where you're sending people to, then Facebook will penalize you for that. So you can't you can't just have something out there that that isn't relevant to what you're offering and people won't thank you for it either. You've got to have something that is promising what you say it pro promises on your ad to build to build that no like and trust factor which you know we always talk about. <laughs> mm. But it's very true even when it comes comes to ads. But yes, you've got to test something that's more natural, test bright test something that's familiar, test using text, and also don't just assume that it's video that will work really well. It might be that a still image works really well. It might be that a carousel works really well. And also it's the placement. Sometimes when I'm speaking to a new client, they'll say, but my, my audience is just on Facebook. They're not, they're not on Instagram. We don't need to advertise there. And I always respond to that saying, well, you've got to at least allow me to test in Instagram because you'll be surprised. You never know whether you'll get a, a cheaper cost per acquisition by advertising on Instagram and um, they're, they're normally very surprised. And also Instagram stories. So it's not just about the feed, it's about stories, which we've touched on, but people do tend to forget about Instagram stories. And if they think that they can have an advertise on Instagram stories, they will they will not 
create or produce a creative that's specific to Instagram stories. So it's a different dimension, as we all know, to the feed. It's it's slightly, it's taller. And people will get really lazy and, or they don't know about this, but they won't create, a, produce a creative specifically for the feed and one that's specific for Instagram stories. And if you do produce something that's more specific for Instagram stories, they tend to do much better. I think the Instagram stories ads, they have a very premium feel when you compare them against all the other types of ads. I think, yeah, they don't quite get as much exposure, I imagine. But no, they don't. When, when they are well done, I think they probably are the most effective. They can be extremely effective. And from the stats that I see, they, the Instagram stories reach a wider audience for the money what you've got to be careful of when you're running Instagram stories ads. People are used to just scrolling and swiping right to left. What you want to try and do is get them to swipe up so they go to where you want them to go to, another landing page. So you've got to really think carefully about your call to action and making it very clear that you want them to swipe up. And a lot of ads forget to have that extra call to action on there, getting people to swipe up. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good point. I I would I'm sort of trying to recall if I've ever properly clocked that in a Facebook and an Instagram story ad and I don't think I have. I'm sure they have been there. I want to come back and ask you about text in the ad creative mm -hmm. because you said sometimes you can be lucky and get them through. Mm -hmm. But what I've found when they have gone through is there'll be a message somewhere saying Facebook may limit the exposure of your ad because of the amount of text in it. What's the reality there? I would be careful and not use 20%, more than 20% text because of that reason. And you don't want to go to all the effort of launching ads. And sometimes they get through, but then Facebook might review them again a week later. And then you're going, your reach isn't going to be as wide. So do think carefully about it. If, for example, you've got an organic post that you are wanting to turn into an ad and it's worked and it's got 20% text or more because you've got a lot of likes and comments under it, so that's why you want to turn it into an ad, then, of course, I, that's when I think it's worth doing and turning into an ad. But if you are starting a creative that's fresh, I would try and stick to the 20% and under for sure. And there is a really handy tool that you can check on on Facebook to make sure that it will get through so you're not wasting any time or money there. Right. I will go and have a look at that. So I would like to ask you about chatbots because hmm. I've played with chatbots and they are confusing as hell. Obviously, I'm probably exaggerating a little bit, but how would you, how do you integrate messenger bots with a Facebook ad because I haven't properly worked that out or played with it. I am so excited about chatbots, so excited about the potential and the future of them. I just need to let people know if you're not aware of what chatbots are, it's it exists on Facebook Messenger. That's why I run my chatbots via a, a software called ManyChat. There are 40 million businesses that use mes Messenger each and every month. It's massive. This, this is why I think that if you're not aware of chatbots, just certainly read up a bit more about them and think about how you might implement them within your business. Now, in terms of using chatbots within a business, if you just think about 
you've got your email marketing set up you you you've got perhaps a nurture sequence once people join your your email list now you can re replicate that within facebook messenger within a chat bot but the best thing about it is that the open rates are significantly significantly higher for example you might be seeing 20 to 30 percent open rates with email with messenger bots you're looking more like 80 90 percent even higher open rates and the reason for that in my opinion is because obviously we're getting a lot of email coming into our email boxes now we're not all opening them all up but messenger is still relatively new so if you have a message that comes to you you're going to take notice you're going to take more notice of that and see what it is when it pings through and they're fun they can be so much fun if you haven't ever experienced one what i would suggest is to go one of my favorite ones is the lego one have a look at the lego one and all you need to do is go onto the facebook page and click onto messenger and it will take you through and they can be so clever because you're able to not only segment an audience really well, but you, you're able to take them on a journey, more of an experience that engages people, as well as teaches, teaching them more about your business. Now, integrating them, going back to your question, actually, Bob, about uh, with Facebook ads and then with Messenger, Messenger bots, is that you get a ref, what's called a ref URL, you can add that to, for example, an Instagram stories ad. So when they swipe up, you take them straight into your bot and you can give them your lead magnet straight from your bot. And then you can take them on a nurture and experience within your bot, but bots enable you because people are so, so, um, well, I guess what, it, what I mean is when it comes to email marketing, it's normally over a period of time. It takes a lot longer. Whereas with messenger bots, you can deliver that nurture series much more quickly over a couple of days. So people are engaging with you over a couple of days. So I'm very excited about the potential of bots. And I've seen some um, very significant results with my clients, particularly coaching clients. I think when I get excited, my head feels kind of hot and my eyes start to water. <laughs> And that's all going off right now. I'm really excited. I think for me, how do you get people into the messenger bot has been the question. I think it's it can be that there's a, there's a gap there that, for example, many chat don't fill for you very easily. Well, there um, are a variety of different opt-ins. You could, we've talked about ads being one way. Another opt-in is on your actual Facebook page. You may have seen Facebook post comments on business pages and they might be encouraging you to type a word in, for example, in the comments. You can automate it. And this is just what's so good about bots, the fact that you can automate your systems. Because then if they type that, whatever word it is that you set up, they can automatically receive your lead magnet. And then you've got them into your bot. And then even when you get them into the, into the bot, you can ask them to reconfirm their email address. And then you've also got them on your list. So not only do you have them in your bot, you've got them on your list. Now, one thing I do want people to be careful of, and I'm sure those of you that have signed up to Messenger bots is the spamming. And there are some really tight rules and regulations on spamming. You, you can't just send messen, messen, a message after message after message and spam people. So that's why I think bots are um, something to really be aware of for the future within our overall marketing. And also actually QR codes. 
I've got on my phone, I don't think I showed you when we met at the um, the, the last events, well, where I first met you, Bob, because mm. I've got a QR code as my screensaver. And I use that now more so instead of a business card because people then scan that QR code, which, like I say, is my screensaver, and then they go into my bot that way. And it's much more fun. People are much more open to scan the QR code because it's a novelty, and then they're in my bot. I like it. I know, it's brilliant. I'm thinking, I'm thinking T-shirts. Yeah, T-shirts, any kind of <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> yeah, no, I really love that idea. Oh, this is so good. I've, I have made pages of notes while we've been speaking. And also on your website, of course. Don't forget your website. These, you, you can have links on your website to go into your bots as well. Yeah, I think, like a lot of people, I've experimented with lots of the things that we've discussed. And I think a lot of people skim and they never really go deep on any particular thing and it's only really when you properly spend the time to integrate a technology like this that it'll start to work for you and it needs to be strategic and it needs to be thought through and that's why conversations like this are really helpful uh, and i'm sure anybody listening is hopefully also making lots of notes mm -hmm. um so i would like to look at your business a little bit if that's all right mm, because course. i know you have done for you clients that you work with but you also have other things other ways you, that you deliver value can you maybe just walk me through what what your product and service offering looks like yeah so I have my one-to-one -one clients where I run Facebook Instagram ads and also messenger bots but I do have another side I run an Instagram for business course as well I'm absolutely fascinated by the online world the teaching world that is just seems to be exploding at the moment and there was a definite need um, within my audience of up-leveling Instagram it, it kind of is derived from my experience I used to work in the in the film industry before I set up my business a couple of years ago and it's something that I've noticed on social media and particularly Instagram is what I'm drawn to but uh, leveling up the, the creatives and standing out on Instagram has become more important than ever as more people realize the potential with social media and particular Instagram in getting people to know about your business to be able to engage with other people on there and part of that really led to me wanting to teach others in in using Instagram for their own business not just for personal reasons but for their business so I set up an online course then that led to people, it was a six week course and that led to people wanting to learn more about Instagram to have a continuous learning because as we know, Instagram evolves all the time, new features and updates come out. And so now I, it wasn't part of my overall business plan, but it was just from derived from the need from the course that I set up a membership and that now covers Facebook and Instagram organic as well as paid tutorials, templates, learnings and a community. So that was something, like I say, it wasn't planned. It just happened organically for me. But I absolutely love that side of my business. Teaching, being able to teach people what you know is is um, a massive joy to me, as well as dealing with the one-to-one -one clients. So yes, it's the course, it's the membership, and also the one-to-one -one clients. It's, it kind of has evolved over time. Like I say, I started off running social media for people, and now I'm running Facebook and Instagram ads and bots. So you just don't know. You sort of have to go with it a little bit, go with the flow. And it, it's what people are asking you more questions about, what what they're needing. 
Yeah, I think it's only really when you start moving that you discover what the landscape looks like. And a lot of business owners, they get very stuck in doing their thing. They, they're not really moving around very much. And a lot of the time is when you meet people as well. When I meet people like you, they open my eyes to things that you hadn't seen before. You start to see the world through the lens of other people's eyes and all kinds of things open up to you. It's on an online world, you can't underestimate the importance of meeting other people who are in your space. It's immensely valuable. I agree, totally agree. That's why I love going to events. I I did shy away from networking for a long time, at least the first year, because I was just so shy about meeting people face to face but I can't tell you how beneficial it's been for me for going out to events and meeting people and learning from other people and just the sociable aspect of it all because I work myself I work at home and just being able to meet people in real life is is, is really nice getting getting away from my four four walls here yeah <laughs> on my screen I would like to ask you a little bit more about the membership site because I think for a lot of consultants who are on the digital marketing spectrum or people who are experts in anything to be honest a membership site is a big leap and I'm curious to know you said it just kind of evolved mm -hmm. but a membership site is a big commitment mm -hmm. from you it's a large investment to actually produce it although I think yours is on Kajabi so really you just got to pay your money <laughs> but because it's a big investment there must have been some demand there and what what were the the sort of precursors to you saying okay I need to do this now it was derived really from the course because the people that were on my course didn't want it to end. They, There was a lovely community that had been built where they were supporting one another. Even though some of them were in a very similar niche, offering a similar service, it was that support that I think everyone really enjoyed as well as the knowledge, as well as keeping up to date with all the changes that can happen within social media. And I asked them, I asked the audience if that was something that they would be interested in if I was to continue with this. And I thought, well, I could, I could just stick to Instagram. I could create a membership just based around Instagram. But with my experience with Facebook as well, with ads, I knew that I could offer something on a more consistent ongoing basis. And that's what I wanted. I just didn't want to run a membership for six months. I wanted this to be something that can continue for, for however long it would be needed and I could build up and, and scale to be bigger and to enjoy because I really enjoy learning myself. I do like taking courses as well to make sure that, that my knowledge is really up there. Um, and then I like to be able to pass that on, that knowledge on, as well as support other people. And I've thoroughly enjoyed teaching more, more than what I ever thought, even though there are a lot of teachers in my family, funnily enough. So it could have been a career that I ended up could have taken. But yeah, going into film sort of took me away from that quite, quite a bit. But if anyone's ever considering a membership, you have got to think about what the commitment is, because this is not something that you could just run for six months. You've got to make sure that you're going to be able to sustain it but you also need to know from your audience whether there is a need for it and one thing that did help me was actually this was even before i set up my course was getting on the phone speaking to people 
finding out whether not if it was just something they would be interested in but just find out what their their pain points are what they're struggling with to really understand what solution you could provide that you would enjoy providing that would be sustainable for your business and enable you to scale i think the enjoyment side of it is very important but one thing that i've found as well is it's only really when you start teaching that you really start learning i think since i I run my Amplify groups, so to speak. Well, so to speak, that's what they're actually called. Mm -hmm. But once I started running those, it completely transformed my own practice. And more than anything, I became accountable to these people to do what I was telling them to do. I can't tell these people they should be doing these things and then not doing them. And all the excuses you make for, well, I don't need to know that or I don't need to know that. Suddenly I need to know these things. So, yeah, the, the teaching is really when you learn the most, I think. Oh, I totally agree. And I'm glad you said that. And the also another important thing is to make sure that you aren't just teaching for the sake of teaching. You are helping people get results. You want them to actually get a really good outcome for them or for their business. Whatever promise it is that you're making, you want to help them get there. So not just teach and broadcast. It's really got to be about making sure that they get to whatever line it is they want to cross and help them on their way. So cheeky question, and you don't have to tell me, but I am very curious about all kinds of things I shouldn't really be asking about. What sort of membership level are you up to now? I'm up to 75 people. So it's... Wow. Yes. I'm really happy with where it is. It started last September, so only a few months. And it started with just... The people that were on the course originally and then i've expanded it a little bit wider and it's it's grown from there and i guess it's because of referrals i have done launches myself as well i did um a challenge to get people into the membership so that was a new experience for me which gives me a good understanding of when i'm running ads for launches for other people actually going through it myself so things like that can really help work too so yeah and, and actually another thing that i did do which worked successfully was offer um a one pound for people to be part of the membership for a month i did that mm. to get the numbers in so that's something that i would recommend so people are getting a taste of your membership um to see if they like it or not and you do get drop-offs but you do get a lot of people that stay if what it what you're offering works for them so i have a few more questions and i'm going to ask this one first i'm going to come back to the challenge and the launch versus organic question in a moment but the question i wanted to ask you was about facebook groups and how they sit within the context of a membership site because lots of people have free facebook groups i put my hand up i have a free facebook group do you have a face free facebook group and sort of what's your philosophy around that as somebody who also runs a membership site i put off setting up my own Facebook group, interestingly enough, for quite a while, probably too long, because I was worried about the time commitment. I wanted to make sure that I was offering something of value. And again, it comes back to something that I was in, was able to enjoy myself. I didn't want to be just another one of those groups that, that offers any help when it comes to Facebook or Instagram as for free. There are plenty of good ones out there. So what I needed to think about was something that my audience would need, something that I would enjoy. So I did set one up middle of last year called Dot Play. 
and I wanted it to be a space where I could share interesting creatives of Facebook and Instagram ads that I'd seen as well as organic social media because I thought that would be quite an easy way to run a group because I'm always like I say keeping a swipe file of fun things that I see and I could share them and I am really passionate about trying to up level creative content that I see on on Facebook and Instagram and I thought this could be something that I would really enjoy and people would get benefit from and I am I'm loving it I'm really enjoying that group because it's a fun place people can post in there interesting things that they've seen so it's quite a quick group it's not taxing on anyone's time they can dip in and out they can go in there to ask advice if they see a creative that they don't know how to do then the community is built up enough where other people will be able to help saying oh I know an app that can do that for you and it just quickens up everyone's time on social media which is what I'm all about making everyone's time much quicker and much easier so I do now really see the value in Facebook groups and I'm in a lot of Facebook groups I'm very guilty of that but I don't get that many notifications now from my friends and family I just get notifications from the group so Facebook for me has become much more of a business orientated platform as well as people that may have had a baby or got married I do see those posts when they're popular but it's a very powerful platform now for businesses and anyone that is on the fence about setting up a, a Facebook group I would really recommend it but think carefully again about making sure it's something you enjoy that's sustainable and that might be a little bit unique and a bit different to what's out there already that your community is after and is wanting and it's been a good feeder for me in terms of my membership but via a launch so my funnel in a way is I've got a lead magnet where I can either get people onto an email list or into my bot I've got my Facebook group which I direct people to once they've got to my thank you page for my lead magnet so they go to my lead magnet download that then on the thank you page they're directed to my Facebook group most of them seem to appear into that Facebook group which is brilliant so they get to know more about me they're warming up to me um, knowing a bit more about what I offer what services plus when I come into my launch phase then I can share in that group about my launch whether that is going to be for a challenge or a webinar or something new that I've done is a, is a three-part video series as, as part of a launch which which um, has worked very well so there are different ways in which you can launch and a, and having a ready-made Facebook group where you've given value you've helped people then they're more likely to take the next step with you which is what I found so yes don't shy away from Facebook groups they can they can work really well I think I'd, I'd also like to understand the challenge concept can you maybe for anybody that has never run a challenge or participated in one just explain what the mechanics of that are yeah sure so a challenge normally takes place over five days typically Monday to Friday although I've seen some successful ones run say Thursday to Monday and you are encouraging people into what could be a pop-up group if you haven't yet got a Facebook group then it can be a great way to build a Facebook group really quickly now what I've done and I've done on behalf of clients is run ads to encourage people to join that challenge which starts on a particular day so say for example it's the Monday and the idea is that you're giving them small steps 
over each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then on the Friday, you might then have more of a webinar or you might go live and tell people about your offering. And then that offer will lead people into your membership or into your course or whatever it is that you're wanting to sell. So it's just another step. So rather than going from a completely cold audience to buying your membership, you're getting them into a challenge where you're showing your expertise. They're getting to know more about you. Um, and they're getting to trust you a lot more over those five days. So I see it as a really great way of building your audience really quite quickly. And the success that I've seen with myself and clients, ads can be really quite cheap when you're you're encouraging people to go into a challenge. And you're also getting their email address as well because you, they sign up sign up um, to your, your email list. And then you are then sending them a nurture sequence as well via email. Now, one thing as well, going back to bots, if you then go to the next level and incorporate a bot, you can then send reminders to people each day about your particular challenge. And that's going to prompt people to come back into your challenge again. Because naturally you will see people drop off over the five days, but a bot really helps in getting people's attention back into the group again. And that's what you're trying to do. Faye, I am seeing the time. We've been talking for quite a long mm -hmm. time and I'm aware I don't want to take too much because it's, you have half-term children at home. It's holidays. But I have to ask you my signature question, the question I'm supposed to ask everybody and I often forget. What's one thing you do now that you wish had started five years ago? Well, I wish that I'd set up my own business five years ago, without a doubt. I always wanted to set up a business and I just got into a, a career which I absolutely loved but wasn't as family friendly. So I do wish I'd set up my business earlier because I really enjoy working for myself. I blog every week. I wish I'd done that sooner because just having one piece of pillar content has been so important for me in growing my audience. Um, and the next next one is to, as you know, Bob is to, to start my own podcast. Well, good luck with that. If you ever need a guest, I'm right here. <laughs> Definitely. Faye Morgan, you've been a fantastic guest. If people want to connect with you, how would you like them to do that? They can come and see me on my website, which is 365daysocial.com. Or if you want to see how it works with my funnel in terms of downloading my lead magnet, my lead magnet is are three grids. So it's templates that you can easily use in Canva. You can drag and, and drop any photos. You can change the branding and it just makes it really quick quick and easy to create 15 posts for Instagram. You can download that for free with video tutorials and that is fb.365daysocial.com forward slash three, the number three, free grids. Faye, thank you so much for your time. I look forward to meeting you again, but for now, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on, Bob. Facebook Ads Manager is intimidating. But like anything else, it can be learned. Placing effective ads is one thing, but blending them into a well-crafted sales funnel needs understanding, planning, creativity, and a lot more than just the ad and its targeting settings. So, back to school, I guess. Before I go, just a quick reminder to subscribe, and if you haven't already, join our Facebook group. You can find a link in the show notes or just visit amplifyme.fm forward slash insiders. Don't forget we have new episodes every Monday, so if you subscribe, you won't miss them. I would love for you to connect with me on social media. 
Follow me wherever you are. Uh, you'll find me as at Bob Gentle. And if you do, then message me so I know and I can follow you back. If you enjoyed the show, then I would love for you to review it on iTunes. It means a lot to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name's Bob Gentle. Thanks again to Faye for giving us her time this week and to you for listening. And see you next Monday.